Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Soft Spoken, a podcast. I am your host, Marfine Chan, back with another episode. I am appreciative of the patience that all of you are giving me as I figure out the most comfortable and most achievable and feasible frequency for this podcast. I think, you know, to put you all on notice, that I might switch to a bi-weekly podcast because, um, you know, just to let the the thoughts and the ideas kind of stew and stir. I think uh, most of you know I'm a little bit of a slower pace person and, and slow burn kind of individual. So I think most of you will appreciate that part. But this episode is loosely about the holidays. It's part two of all the holiday feelings. The first part was episode five, where I talked about being a little more inclusive during the holidays, that Christmas isn't the only holiday in the entire world that's being celebrated and in America that's being celebrated and, and how we need to rethink, you know, what are traditions? What are uh, cultural practices in, in, in America? And we are a young nation of a little under 250 years, um, or maybe a little over. Need to do the math on that. Um, and, and so in that light, I think, you know, the idea of traditions and cultural practices um, needs to be examined in terms of how young of a country we are compared to, you know, Britain, which has been around for, centuries more than than we have and 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 china and and you know the congo or egypt or other places like that indigenous populations especially have been here around thousands of years and so uh when 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 we view traditions especially around the holidays and we we have to think about it that a lot of traditions that we call American are actually not American. They're traditions that have been uh, contributed by the many cultures and many people that uh, waves of immigration and migration that have come to America. You know, of course, indigenous populations have, have been here for millennia before us. And they had their own traditions and, and practices. Um, and so we want to recognize that, that, you know, we are on, on stolen land. We are on indigenous land. Here in, here in Maine, uh, we are on Wabanaki land, um, which includes the Abenaki, Passamaquoddy, Penobscot, Maliseet, Mi'kmaq, and, um, and, and other tribes. And so... Uh, I think in recognizing that our traditions are are so young and are so, mo- so uh, from so many different civilizations, it's first important to recognize the land that we are on. But essentially, since the American Revolution, it I think people oftentimes assume that our holiday traditions came from one group of people 
during the founding of America, which is a myth, you know, and I, and I talk a little bit about this in part one in, of All the Holiday Feelings. And the truth is that, you know, roughly since the 1800s, America has had waves of immigration, you know, the Irish, the French Canadians, Italians, Lebanese, you had then um, going into the 1900s, then you started getting more South and Southeast Europeans, and you start to move into the World War periods and the Cold War periods, and getting folks from South America, Central America, the Caribbean, Asia, Vietnam, Cambodia, China, India, and so forth and so on. And each of those waves of, of immigration and, re- and refugee resettlement and migrant migration, you have different cultures bringing their traditions, their own holiday practices, and infusing that into the overall American fabric of how we celebrate traditions. So, um, so I think viewing it in that context helps us to sort of take a step back and re-examine, you know, how important is this, how important are we taking this uh, in terms of sort of the kind of the patriotic nationalist feelings around holiday traditions. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, to hell with all the holiday traditions, to hell with meeting up with people, because I, for one, enjoy the holidays. But it looks very different for me as a gay, Cambodian-American, Asian-American man in America um, who was adopted by a white working-class family that was very religious. And so that's what this episode is going to be about, is about how the holidays are not all they're cracked up to be across the board for everyone. Yes, for, for certain people who, who have those strong f- familial filial uh, networks and you know, have the nuclear family to go back to, or if, if you're part of a big, big family that, you know, has Christmas uh, and Hanukkah with, with extended family like aunts and uncles and grandparents, you know, not everyone has that because, you know, not every family has the same uh, family model, shall I say. You know, some... And, and I got this from sort of uh, George Lakoff, his book called Moral Politics. And he bases, you know, that political beliefs are driven by family models that, that people grew up in or, or create. And that there's the authoritarian family model um, and the nurturing family model. And the authoritarian one is... You know, pretty pretty self-explanatory. You know, the the father is usually the head of the household, and you know they demand respect, they create rules and, and strict order, and that's not always a bad thing. It, it doesn't always produce bad 
things, you know. It's just about to, you know, what degree uh, is the authoritarianism sort of wielded? Um, the nurturing family, of course, is about, you know, allowing the kids more sort of freedom around identity development, around um, taking risks and learning from them, from those mistakes, those types of things. So that's probably n not a great summation of, of what that book talks about, but if you want to go pick it up uh, or take a peek at it, look up Moral Politics by George Lakoff. Anyway... So back to how different families don't always experience the same kind of environments and how that affects how people feel around the holidays. For instance, LGBTQ people, you know, this can be a very, very stressful time um, for LGBTQ people because a lot of LGBTQ people have been um, disowned, have been kicked out of the house, have been made homeless, or have had to cut themselves off from toxic family who don't accept them for who they are and make it a point to make it known to them. And so oftentimes LGBTQ people, one, don't even get invited to the Christmas gathering. Um, because their family doesn't want them there, or if they're invited, that there's an expectation that that's an opportunity to save this person or what have you. And then third, even if they are invited and there's no sort of like pressure to convert back to that family's religious views or, or what have you, there's still you're still exposing yourself to microaggressions or out or outright sort of um, discrimination. And so for LGBTQ people, it's, it's really hard if, if they've been kicked out of the house or disowned, or if they've had to cut themselves off from their families for their own mental health and, and safety. It's, it's really hard for them during the holidays when everyone is about holiday cheer and, and holiday, um, you know, happiness. And, and some, of, some of that positivity can be toxic, you know, toxic positivity, like expecting everyone to be cheerful and, and happy. And, and then it's not just LGBTQ people that, you know, deal with some level of stress or anxiety around the holidays. It can be uh, straight people too. You know, I have a few friends who, you know, their, their families are dysfunctional and, and they sometimes they go to Christmas and celebrate with them. And sometimes they don't, sometimes they skip a year or two um, because that one, that last Christmas was just, was just so awful um, not in the sense that it is for LGBTQ people where it's around a big sort of sexual orientation or gender identity issue, but for straight people, it can be like, you know, family drama, um, family expectations, 
and and not meeting them. You know, if a if a family really wanted this one person to be a doctor or a lawyer, but they ended up just being a social worker. You know, going back to the holiday dinners and Christmas dinners, and sitting at the table and getting little microaggressions about, hey, you know, that that plane ticket would have wouldn't have hit your wallet so hard if you were a doctor, right? Right. <laughs> And it's kind of like an awkward microaggression where they, you know, nud, uh, elbow you for not taking the life path that uh, you should have taken. And so there's some of that too across the board. Um, and, you know, that creates stress. Like, who wants to subject themselves to you know, little under the skin sort of type of um, microaggressions when it's billed as a time to be with each other, be with family, to enjoy each other's company, to create warmth and community. So there are many people all across the board that, that deal with this type of sort of holiday stress and anxiety. And, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about this as if people shouldn't be going around, you know, saying happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Chanukkah, all those types of things and, and being cheerful. It's just that just be aware that not everyone has had the exact same experience as you have around the holidays. You know, not everyone enters into the holidays with, with cheer and with joy and, and with light. But that there's an opportunity to help someone who maybe um, lost, had lost in the past, lost a loved one during the holidays, you know, whether in a car accident or a heart attack or cancer or what have you, or just natural death. Some people are also grieving during this time. And so, by no means am I saying that you shouldn't be joyful or cheerful or reaching out, sending those gift cards and those email animated e-cards or sharing music or singing Christmas carols at the top of your lungs. <clears throat> I think that... It's just more awareness. And, and being more aware of what you can do outside of that. Oh, let's just all be cheerful. Let's just be joyful. Let's sing carols. Let's send greeting cards. Let's decorate the house. Outside of that, there's an opportunity during the holidays to really reach into the roots of why we created these symbolic gestures of the seasons. You know, the, the Christmas tree, the ornaments, the fireplace, the chestnuts roasting over the open fire, the songs, you know, the, the music, the latkes, the, the, all these different things are symbolic gestures of human need for community and, and, and comfort during cold times, during these, this season of, of 
darkness and it's why we always point to the light it's why there's always depictions of stars and shining angels or or ornaments and, and christmas lights and and holiday lights and what have you it's because it's during this time when it's the gets to be the darkest period in in many places that we are looking for light light we were looking for warmth we were looking for community connection and so rather than going about in the regular holiday traditions and 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 status quos and 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 doing all the the holiday motions and it, it treat it as a chance to really connect to the root of what are humans longing for during this time and so for the folks who are having trouble during the holidays or feel some level of stress or anxiety and possibly are grieving you know for those folks just do things slightly differently you know i'm not i'm not asking for a, a revolutionary approach or for the abolition of holidays just take a softer approach you know if you know someone who is maybe not very expressive about what their plans are during the holidays ask them if they have a place to go and if they say no you know invite them for me personally there were a good number of christmases that i just skipped because me and my family were still in a period where we were sort of tense and arguing about my sexual orientation as being gay and their religious beliefs and so there were a few christmases that that i just skipped because it was just too hard and i didn't want to to go there and then put on a mask and and fake a smile and muddle through it just because that's what everyone expected me to do from a cultural standpoint and what helped me a lot during that time was that i had friends you know whether i think you know maybe it was in college where there were friends who stayed on campus during christmas break and so i had company with college friends that um didn't celebrate christmas or you know had some troubling family situations and so we created our own community in, in uh, at college and i remember that this one time where you know we we all went out it's like four four or five of us and we, and we all went out and got chinese food and it's that little bit of community that little creating that little village that i think is what what christmas and the holidays is really about is finding that light in the dark finding that community in the in the, in the emptiness that that one can see when it's when things are barren and when things are cold and when things are covered in in ice and snow and so 
that's one thing one you could do is one don't focus so much on asking those standard questions of hey are you going home to see your family are you um you know what are your family traditions around the holidays instead of you know heaping all of those family focused questions all up up, uh, up front <clears throat> what you can do is instead it's like hey what are you up to these these during the holidays you know have you done some shopping have you done um any you know activities like ice skating or what have you and and just let it naturally flow out of them that the holidays are just not the same for them as they are for people who have um the traditional sort of family network and support systems and so through that you can find then that they might not have anywhere to go for the holidays and so that's an opportunity to then reach out to extend community to invi invite them in and that is what's called oftentimes the chosen family right so a lot of lgbtq people have a chosen family because they've been disowned by their own family or they don't feel safe with their family so they create a chosen family of good friends who they can rely on as as a support network and that's how many that's how many lgbtq people sort of um uh, deal with that issue of not having family being supportive and so you can be someone's chosen family and sorry i i made a smoothie so it, it's a smoothie full of let's see here power greens kiwi blueberries strawberries a banana and ice and milk and pomegranate juice so my throat is a little bit uh full of that stuff so let me let me pause here while i clear that all right i am back thank you for giving me giving me that quick break um back to what i was talking about before be be that chosen family for someone who doesn't have the same experience that some folks have with having a family and support network during the holidays and so that would be my advice for for folks who want to take a different approach and, and who want to help during the holidays for people that are are grieving or people that are mourning or people that are having some stress and anxiety and and need support during this time now the rest of what i want to talk about briefly is you know my advice to folks who may have experienced the same thing that i had back in the day in my early 20s to mid 20s when i was still having you know some arguments with my parents about the holidays and negotiating about with myself about whether i was going to go to thanksgiving and skip christmas or skip thanksgiving and go to christmas or go to both uh and and having to steel myself up and to put on my armor um, to prepare for the holidays you know i remember one time 
I went home for one of the holidays. It might not have been Christmas, but uh, I was there, and, and there was a book on the table. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was, it was you know, the, the subtitle was One Mother's Journey of Seeing Her Gay Son Come Back to God or something like that and convert back. And it just irked me so much. And, and I remember just being, you know, sad and angry. And, you know, that's just some of the feelings that a lot of us have during the holidays. And, and thankfully, that's changed a little bit over time, where I think my family has recognized that for me to, to try and to want to be a part of our family traditions that you know, they kind of have to meet me in the middle, you know, that, that they shouldn't be putting things purposefully for me to see about how bad being gay is or, or how sad they are that I'm gay. And I, and I think I've seen that. I've seen that progress. And so it, it's made it easier to go home. And, but some people don't even have that luxury or sort of that, that experience. And so if you are struggling during the holidays with stress and anxiety, if you're grieving during the holidays, you know, really focus on, on self-care and taking, your, uh, taking care of yourself first. You know, I think that there's, because of all the things going on, all of the holiday lights, everyone's doing everything with family and, and and hanging stockings and sitting by the fireplace and going to bonfires and going to parties. I think the pressure is there to, to keep up with everyone. But if you are struggling during this time, I, I would suggest that try to your very best to put, put that pressure aside, to put that desire that that longing to want to be like everyone else aside for for a minute and to focus on what you need during this time what you need during this time and and, and I'm, I'm i'm also taking uh, speaking to my past self what i needed at that time someone who who could just tell me it's okay that it's hard during the holidays. It's okay that you're feeling stress and anxiety about going home or not being able to go home because there's trauma there. You have experienced something. You have experienced aggressions or microaggressions or discrimination. You've experienced marginalization You've experienced your personhood and your identity and who you are attacked explicitly, expressly, or, or, or more subtly that makes it hard for you to celebrate in the same way that you see going on around you. Now, the second thing that I want to tell you is... You are not without hope. Lean on your friends. 
Lean on your community around you. Lean on someone who has reached out to you, who has recognized that you don't have the same family holiday experience. And be vulnerable. Accept that invitation. If someone has invited you to be a part of their celebration, accept it. Be vulnerable. It could become something great. It could become a chosen family if you don't have one already. And so that's my advice to, to, to all of you who have struggled or are struggling still with that, those feelings of stress and anxiety around holidays. The other advice that I have is very basic. You know, don't go, don't feel like you have to go beyond your means to fulfill the vision, the idea, the ideals of what people are, are putting forth in those holiday specials on TV, the movies. Don't feel like you have to compete to match your, your friends or, or your family's giving level and, and gifting level. It's crazy how many times I hear people, you know, going, um, you know, into debt during Christmas or the holidays, maxing out their credit cards because there's this societal consumerism that just devours all of us and pulls us all into this vortex, this whirlpool, and, and, and demands that we compete with each other for who's the best gift giver, who can, can surprise their kid more, who can surprise their partner or spouse more, who can bring a light to these people's eyes around them. And I think some of that's just wrapped up in the capitalist consumerism society that we're in. And so my advice is don't be afraid to just take a step back and again, get to the root of why do we give gifts during the holidays? And that will change your, your, your mind and, and your framework around how you approach gift giving. And I think in that aspect, gifts become more meaningful. They come from the heart. They come from who you are. And they become a bridge and a connection between you and another person. And so I think that that's, that's another origin of a lot of holiday stress is the gift giving part. And, and the, you know, what, what, what society sort of demands everyone at what level everyone should be gifting folks. And so, um, that's my advice really for, for folks who have experienced what I have experienced and who might not come into the holidays with, uh, the greatest feelings is take care of yourself. Don't make this a big deal. Um, don't, don't force yourself to take what energy you have and, and, and have it eaten up by the expectations that our culture and our society has and our families have on us. Take care of yourself. Go for a walk. Talk to a friend. Be vulnerable and accept that invite to someone else's holiday party. 
if you're not celebrating with family. And so with that, you know, I, I'm hoping to see you all on the other side of uh, the holidays and uh, we'll be in a new year. So thank you for tuning in. Hey, this is Marfin Chan. Thanks again for tuning in to episode six. As always, remember to follow me on social media at Marfin Chan and also to like, subscribe and follow this podcast and leave a review. I'll see you in the new year. Bye bye.